people in Podland. This is Pamela Rice, author of 101 Reasons Why I'm a Vegetarian, both in book form and pamphlet form. This is Hard News Vegan, and today is September 3, 2007, and it's wonderful to be back with you. In the background, you hear Gothic Prelude by Kathy Reynolds. Thank you, Joseph Puentes, for technical support. Today I'm going to be talking about a recent outbreak. Uh, uh, salmonella has gotten on our spinach. Last year it was E. coli, this year salmonella. Uh, the words spinach and salmonella were in the same sentence, and I find that kind of odd. Uh, recently, when we learned in news reports that a California grower had detected the stomach-sickening bacteria at his farm. In response, he followed recent instituted, recently instituted government rules to stem the spread of the potentially harmful bug. Voluntarily, he tracked, sequestered, and retrieved 8,000 pounds of spinach. That is all that had been processed the day the company detected the contaminant. Though 10% of the batch did reach stores, warnings replete with code numbers kept suspect spinach from being sold. Okay. Ultimately, there were no reports of anyone being poisoned. Okay. In other words, the system is working, or so declared the head of the spinach company himself. But critics, critics as they will do, beg to differ. Uh, and they did in this case. The system is broken, they said. The episode proves it, that any potential contaminated produce got so close to consumers' lips was proof that more oversight, more inspectors, and more regulations are needed. Now, let's rewind to last year. At that time, we first read in the New York Times uh, Food writer Marion Burroughs wrote, quote, Facing a loss of consumer confidence in fresh fruits and vegetables because of repeated outbreaks of foodborne illness, three major industry groups have for the first time called for government regulation in an industry that until now has had none. And now it seems that the produce industry, dominated, we can be certain, by large producers, got what it wanted. Those recently instituted government rules I mentioned above uh, were instituted. Uh, they got what they wanted. And curiously, I might emphasize, these rules need only be followed voluntarily. It seems that this recent incident, the salmonella-tainted spinach, was the perfect test case for the new government rules, almost made to order for the spinach producers. Uh, the spinach growers, you know, they, they got a test case and uh, things, uh, they got, got the rules, they got the regulations, they followed them to a T, and things worked out pretty well. Now, I think if they had worked out too well, they wouldn't have had uh, some of these people complaining and saying we need even more regulation. So, so it makes them look good. <laughs> and that's what they want. Uh, now, you know, why, why am I uh, ranting here and going on against spinach 
growers. You know, spinach is a vegan sca- staple. Uh, uh, the problem is, it just seems odd to me when an industry asks to be regulated. Why would they do that? I'm going to try and explore that right now. Uh, the brand new regulations, if they were ever in danger of being rescinded, now these regulations just came into effect since uh, all the outbreaks of last year of spinach, um, people probably recall. Um, if they were ever in danger of being rescinded, uh, these regulations are now here to stay. That's the thing. And I think that's what the big outfits want. I shall explain. And, of course, they worked. And the critics who are calling for more regulation they actually only bolster the government interventionist stance. But the little guys, anybody speaking for them? The little guys, the small spinach producers that cannot afford to institute regular in-house testing to detect for salmonella and other deadly bacteria, nor, no doubt, institute sophisticated tracking, may be stretched to the financial limit by these rules. These little guys, who probably don't need to be regulated at all, I'm going to get into that a little bit, too, as we go on. These little guys will surely be shaken out of the marketplace by the government's intervention. A little bit more on that later. With all this talk of outbreak and government regulation and oversight and inspection, and that's about all you ever read about um, after any big recall, Uh, We vegans, even us vegans, forget to ask the question that never seems to be asked. Why do we have salmonella contaminating our our produce at all, ever, you know? Why is, now salmonella, you know, I have to, I have to mention it, 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 like almost all the other contaminants out there these days, the ones that you hear about frequently, they're all hitching a ride on manure. And, uh, they're all, they all come via animal feces. Now, they also come from uh, human waste as well. But I think that most of it's coming from um, animal waste. So why do we have salmonella contaminating our produce? Um, it's rare, but this question, you know, it's, it's rare that this question ever gets asked, let alone answered. But on occasion... Media hounds like myself do uncover a nugget or two here or there. Uh, The mainstream media, though it be remiss for us vegans, most of the time does every once in a while answer to our concerns. But I digress. Back to that spinach. Let me connect some more dots. Journalist Annis Shin of the Washington Post reported in the winter of 2006, quote, Over the past three months, Fresh produce has been the culprit in one episode of foodborne illness after another. The patchwork of federal and state regulations that is supposed to ensure food safety has become less effective as the nation's produce supply has grown increasingly industrial. Hmm. The number of produce-related outbreaks of, uh, uh, of foodborne illness has increased from about 40 in 1999 to 86 in 2004, according to the Center for Science and the Public Interest. Um, Americans are now more likely to get sick from eating contaminated produce from any other food item, the center said, close quote. Okay, that was from journalist Anna Shin 
of the Washington Post. And uh, I just want to point out, just clarify one of the statistics in there, that over a five-year period, 1999 to 2004, that foodborne illness from uh, from produce-related outbreaks more than doubled from 40 to 86. That's astounding. Okay? No wonder people are going crazy. All right? But um, I think it plays into the hands of the big produce producers. And uh, we'll get more into that. Okay? Now, that article was uh, from the winter of 2006. And about this time when that story came out, the average American was cursing, no doubt, <laughs> and shunning Popeye's favorite food. And that surely is a shame, since spinach is one of the most nutritious things a, people, a person can eat. I think uh, almost every, every child knows that one. Could there be something about spinach that's suddenly making it poisonous? A Martian, perhaps, come to Earth with a spinach contamination gun? Now, what's Britney Spears doing, just trying to imitate an average American? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it would be nice to learn why... Spinach is suddenly becoming deadly poisonous. Deadly, yes, since this particular strain of E. coli, 015787 h 7 is the strain, produces toxins that destroy the internal lining and leads to bloody diarrhea, kidney failure, and at times to death. And indeed, 0157H7 was incubated on American factory feedlots by operators force-feeding grain to cattle who are more prudently fed hay, by the way, and pumping up the animals with antibiotics to counter the effects of this very diet. Incidentally, 0157H7 is, of course, the bane of every organic farmer who uses manure for fertilizing her crops today. In fact, much of the produce being singled out in recent produce recalls has come from organic farms. So, you know, this... This whole episode recently, again, with salmonella on uh, spinach, is playing into the hands of the big producers, and it's shaking out not only the little guys, but the organic farms as well, the organic farmers. They're really, I mean, if I were an organic farmer these days, I would be totally up in arms about E. coli. Um, I mean, there's a lot to be said about E. coli. I could you know, quickly mention that um, it could be a thing of the past, really, Overnight, you know, all the federal government would have to just regulate and say that all cattle have to be fed hay, uh, you know, on feedlots. Um, you know, they're fed corn. This corn is the worst thing for them. It is, it gets them sick, and then of course they need the antibiotics. But um, if they would just feed, studies have been done, and if they just fed the animals hay. I mean, for the last week of their feedlot life before they go to the slaughterhouse, a week, you know, make it two weeks to be certain, you know, E. coli would be gone. That, that's really, that's the fact. Now, the Washington Post story um, by Annis Shin uh, also hinted at another issue close to the heart of the matter here. You know, I get to the heart of the matter, not at the beginning. I should probably, but <laughs> I'm saying it now. Quote, the strain that caused September's spinach outbreak, and remember this is 2006 that she's talking about. The strain that caused September's spinach outbreak, which killed three and sickened about 200, has been found in cattle feces near a 
California spinach field and in wild pigs that roamed through it. And it, she's referring to feces. <laughs> so, um, you know, cattle were grazing over here. Um, wild pigs uh, uh, walked through it, and then they walked into the fields where the, uh, uh, where the spinach was. Unquote, anyway, unquote. Alas, we learned in this case that it was cross-contamination. Indeed, there is nothing intrinsic about spinach to sicken us. So we can pretty much assume that wherever we have contaminated produce, there's a feedlot or a range of grazing livestock near that produce. Okay? Which brings me back to my first major point, consolidation in agriculture. Contamination today is largely alone a function of consolidation in agriculture, certainly when it comes to meat, but also when it comes to produce. Just ask Nichols Fox. That's Nichols is uh, a woman. Uh, you spell her name N-I-C-O-L-S, Fox, F-O-X, like the animal. Just ask Nichols Fox, who wrote Spoiled, the dangerous truth about a chain, uh, correction, about a food chain gone haywire. In her book, she documented all types of food contamination, but particularly that of animal agriculture. She brought us back to a more innocent time when food was strictly local and grown on small organic farms. And that's where it should be. Then we didn't yet have varieties of foodborne bacteria we hear so much about today. Campylobacter, Salmonella enteroditis, E. coli 015787, Listeria, none of these. Um, either they did not exist in the old days or were nothing to worry about back then. So, But today we have a highly concentrated food industry, and it's getting more and more concentrated even, even yet. And herein lies the core of the problem. Pork and chicken processing and beef finishing and feedlots are notorious in this regard, highly, highly concentrated. But add to this. These industries shave slim profits from passing much of their animals' mountains of waste into the environment. And this waste, of course, is infected with these, these bacteria which were incubated on the feedlots. Okay? So apparently to survive financially, uh, feedlot operators, uh, factory farmers, let's call them, you know, call them what they are, routinely allow manure to run downstream. Lots of it. I mean, the, the amount of manure out there is mind-boggling. And if you want to read the best article about that, uh, read a, a story called Boss Hog. It was in Rolling Stone, December 14, 2006, and it was written by Jeff Tights. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I can't be sure. Um, and uh, his last name is spelled T-I-E-T-Z. Tremendous article. But now we have a situation where three-quarters of the spinach Americans eat is being produced in one state, California, and over 55% is coming from one county alone, Monterey County, which encompasses Salinas Valley, where the salmonella-infected spinach, uh, which I noted before, was found. So you have all these factors coming together at once. Foodborne contamination being incubated on highly concentrated factory farms where operators slough off 
the animal's waste into waterways. Then you have produce farmers consolidating into behemoths themselves so that when con contamination comes, it affects many more people in far-flung places across the country. The new government rules that we, you know, just come into effect, particularly in California, uh, regulating produce out outbreaks end up just feeding the beast. That is benefiting large-scale operations. Uh, the wrong people to benefit. We don't need to benefit large-scale operations. Uh, these are the very operations that tend to be at the center of foodborne outbreaks. Again, re recent case of salmonella infecting spinach played right into the hands of the big producers, the big spinach producers, the big produce producer, producers. The little spinach producers, the little guys, the little produce guys, their days are numbered. I mean, this was, this was, uh, you know, all you're going to be left with soon will be industrial-sized industrial produce producers, which are more susceptible to big, big problems. Um, uh, this does not take uh, animal agriculture off the hook, we hope. They're the crux of the food contamination problem in the first place. Um, that which is uh, best all around, small operators supplying a local consumer, isn't that best? That's best. Uh, you know the guy who's making your food, who's growing your food, and uh, you can honor him, and you can meet him, and talk to him, and get recipes and all that wonderful, fun stuff, you know. <laughs> That's that which is best. Um, these people are ultimately regulated to a niche market. They're ghettoized at the green market in your local park. I have a green market right outside my door here, and it's wonderful. But green markets are not the norm, though they should be. They're far from the norm. And I cannot help but note that industrialization of our, our food is a function of animal agriculture for the basic fact that it takes so much more cultivated land to feed a meat eater over a vegan. It takes 20 times more land to feed a meat eater than a vegan. And this augmentation in recent past, due to technological reasons I won't go into now, historically for, forced agriculture in general to be bigger, more industrial, more powerful, and more corporate. And now these unfortunate adjectives can be attributed to our produce producers. And this latest outbreak, um, it was the latest nail in the coffin for the little guy. Um, the little guys will be will likely be even more a thing of the past as time goes on. And uh, you know, uh, I just want to bring you know, all these ideas together into, into one, one podcast here. You know, that's what we do here at, at uh, Hard News Vegan. I try and connect the dots. Uh, I think I'll wrap it up here. It, yeah, this is Pamela Rice. This is Hard News Vegan. It is September 3, 2007. Over now.